It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Take your Bibles with me again, please, if you would, but turn to Matthew chapter 2. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. Um, kind of ran out of time a little faster than I realized. Um, we're continuing our thought, though, on hardships in the will of God. We want to pick up in Matthew chapter 2, and uh, we will just begin reading in verse number 1 again to refamiliarize ourselves with the last bit of ground we covered. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring him... Bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph, or appeareth unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping for great mourning and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted, for they are not. I'll just stop reading there. We pointed out yesterday, or really this week so far, we've looked at hardships in the will of God. There's the hardship of waiting for God's will and preparing yourself to be in God's perfect will. There's the hardship of being misunderstood when you get in God's will. And there's a hardship, or at least I'm calling it that for for the purposes this week, uh, of total surrender. And surrender to God is the best thing you can ever do. But some people have a hard time giving up their plans to God. 
But then I, what we started on and didn't have time to really finish is that when they went into God's perfect will, they opened themselves up to satanic attack in their lives, to spiritual warfare. I want to make this statement. It may seem as a bold statement, but it's true. If in your life you are not facing spiritual warfare or attacks of Satan on your life and in your spiritual life, if you're not seeing Satan fight the work that you're trying to do for God, then I can say this pretty boldly and say you're probably not doing anything for God or you're not doing anything that Satan is worried about. You see, when you find yourself in God's perfect will, Satan, or, or at least his, his demons, his forces, there is going to be spiritual opposition to the will of God in your life. Because where you're in the will of God, God has a purpose that he is trying to play through your life. And Satan hates the purposes of God and will do anything he can to fight it, to destroy it. He'll do anything he can to destroy the spirituality that in your life that might be there. So we find them here. They are trying to find themselves in God's will. At this point, they have been in Bethlehem for somewhere close to two years at this point. I know that everybody hears the Christmas story as these three wise men come the night he was born. It's, it's not actually how it happens according to the word of God. They came somewhere close to two years after he had actually been born. The shepherds were there when he was born. They show up somewhere around two years later. They come in, and it's amazing to me. God provides what they were going to need before they even realized they were going to need it. They were going to have to flee to Egypt because Herod was going to kill every single child from two years old and under. Because he didn't want any competition for his throne. He knew that if what these wise men said were true, it was the Christ child. It was the Messiah. He did not care. He had no spiritual concern whatsoever about this. He just didn't want to lose his position of authority. Just because you're in the will of God does not mean things are going to go easy. In fact, things are probably going to be harder to some extent. You're going to face a lot more satanic opposition than you ever would if you were out of the will of God for your life. I see they find that in their life. They have to take this unexpected trip. They have to go run to Egypt. They have to drop everything. This home that they now have in Bethlehem. I'm sure they started somewhat of their own um, home and getting somewhat of a, a normal again to them now that they've been here for two years and all of a sudden they were having to drop everything and go running to, into hiding away from this purge that was coming from Herod. Another hardship that Mary had to face in the will of God. Something we will have to face if we find ourselves in the will of God. I want you to show, show you something else. We know from Scripture, in John chapter 19, and I, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but in John 19, Mary has to watch her son be killed on a cross. Unless you've lost a child, you cannot comprehend the hurt that Mary was going through. I see that God's will for her life opened the door for some unimaginable hurt. 
she knew that from pretty early on. When they go and and when they um, do the 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 circumcision of Jesus, they bring in and make that sacrifice for him. You find two people that knew God, Simeon and Anna. And Simeon tells Mary, he says, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Notice this, he says, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary didn't understand everything that the will of God held for her life. But from some of the first things that happened, she realized very quickly that the will of God in her life was going to bring her through some unimaginable hurt. When we decide that we're going to live in the will of God, whether in, I don't care what capacity it's in, when you find yourself in the will of God, there's going to be hurt that you're going to go through. I have a very close friend right now. As far as I know, he's in God's will. He's called to preach. They're going through some of the hardest hurt that a parent can ever go through in their life right now. I asked you a couple weeks ago to pray for them. It's the Kaplinger family. Maybe you've heard about it, maybe you didn't, but they lost a son, a a little, I believe, three-year-old, son a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm forgetting his exact age now, but they're, they're in some imaginable hurt. And they're in the will of God. Humanly speaking, we look at people that go through these kind of things. Humanly speaking, I look at Mary and I say, why? She was in the will of God. Why did she have to face all these hardships? Why did she have to face all this hurt? Was it really worth it? Do you realize what she had to go through just because she said yes to God instead of yes to herself? Just because she said, you know what, God? I want your will more than I want my will. And all because of one choice, she faced so much hurt, so much hardship, so much pain and suffering. I'm not sure of this. I did not get to check the history of this. But there comes a point you never see anything more about Joseph. Many surmise that Joseph passed away at some point. You never see anything from him. We find at the cross, Jesus tells John, his the disciple that he loved the most, the one he was closest to, he tells him, woman, behold thy son, and tells John, behold thy mother. John, from that point on, takes care of her. Uh, until she dies, I believe. And then God uses John in some other ministry later on. God, I don't believe, would have done that unless Joseph wasn't gone. I just see her going through so much hardship, so many trials. She never was that physically prosperous that that we can tell uh, they were poor. It was a hard life. Arguably, some you, you, I think you could say that she went through some harder times because she said yes to God than if she had said no and went her own way. Was it worth it? Is it worth it when we say yes to God and then go through hard times? I still say yes. We're never going to understand everything about the will of God for our lives. We're never going to understand all the reasons that God brings things to pass in our lives. We'll never see the things God kept us from. 
and the things God allowed to teach us some things. We'll probably never see some of the, the attacks Satan wanted to do that God said no to. You see, everything that happens to us only happens because God allows it. He does not always cause things, but as you see in the life of Job, he allows Satan to do things in our life for his purposes, sometimes completely unknown to us, and may always remain that way. I don't know. I don't know the mind of God. All I know is that God cares for us and God loves us more than what we can understand, and God wants what's best for us, but sometimes our understanding and the human perspective, things look a bit different than in God's perspective. Was it worth it for what Mary put herself through when she said yes to God? Was it worth it, all this hurt that she had to go through, all the pain that she had to go through? She was submissive to God the whole time. She said, "What, whatever you say, you know, be it unto thy hand made as you've said according to the word of the Lord. You fast forward a little bit in John chapter 2, you find them in, in the wedding at Cana of Galilee and she comes to Jesus saying, they have no wine, they've ran out. Um, and Jesus says, tells her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And he, in our culture, that would be very, very uh, derogatory. That's not at all how Jesus meant it to her. But he was reminding her that she didn't have that authority over him. And it had to be in his time. But then he goes and does it. But she makes this statement, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. She was submitted to God the whole time. At this point, she had been through so much. What makes a person that has been through that kind of hurt to continue, continually say yes to God? I'm going to tell you there were some things going on. There's grace of God that God's, God gives. And she understood there was a purpose far beyond her for Jesus being born into this world. We're not going to have time to show it today, but tomorrow this is what I want to show you, that all these hardships in the will of God, are they worth it? Absolutely, yes, they are worth it. Salvation would come as an indirect result of her obedience. Because she allowed the Christ child to be born through her, because she said yes to God, a way would be made that we could be saved. And the hardship she faced was only temporary. The reward she would gain would be eternal. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.